community building, like category design, is an often misunderstood discipline. But when used together, category design and community can unlock a magic sauce that can build a category queen. And that's why today's episode is with Jared Robin, the founder of the Rev Genius Community. Welcome to the Category Thinkers Podcast, a feature of the Category Thinkers Community. And while other category design podcasts focus on successful cases in category design and high intellectual frameworks, we're different. We focus on the messy middle. We focus on those of us that understand category design as a discipline we want to pursue and are still iterating through how to implement it so that you can learn how to do that yourself. Today's conversation is a conversation between Jared, myself, Pablo Gonzalez, and one of my co-founders of the Category Thinkers community, John Ruggi, about how Jared took a small LinkedIn chat group and turned it into a 40,000-person community and thriving business at RevGenius, how he has found category design and the role that he that it has played in his thinking around community and the difference between a platform versus a community and point of view when it comes to the success of community building and business results we'd like to thank our sponsors category design advisors who you can visit at categorydesignadvisors.com if you are a venture team or a CEO or a founder that's trying to figure out how to make category design work for you, you can easily book a call with the category design advisors who have helped hundreds of teams do this at categorydesignadvisors.com and go to one of their free office hour sessions. And our other sponsor is BeTheStage.Live, my company who produces this podcast and focuses on driving digital word of mouth by activating your super consumers through a content activation and enabling them to share that content with other supers to grow your business. If you're interested in something like that, go to bethestage.live, book a call, and let's figure out a way to get digital word of mouth working for you. But more than anything, we want you to stop listening in on the conversation and join the conversation inside our Category Thinkers community. You can do that by going to categorythinkers.com and joining our free Slack channel with over 600 other category designers in the messy middle, just like you, trying to figure out how to make category design work for themselves. And if you got some time, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. But for right now, I'm going to leave you to this conversation between Jared Robin, John Ruggi, and myself, Pablo Gonzalez, talking about how category design and community building go together. Here's John kicking us off. Just for everyone who's listening, I know a lot of people do know you because you've, of the community you've built with RevGenius and you know the membership that that's there, but some people won't. Not everyone is yeah. in B2B SaaS. So give us the background on that. And then I want to use that to set up this transition into how you're thinking about category design and your think, new thinking about community. Yeah. So I started RevGenius out of a need both ways. I needed a job. I had just lost my job pre-COVID. At the time, I said I was laid off because it was an easy out, but I got fired like a month before COVID. Worst luck ever. And I built a community because I there were other communities at the time, a few, 
in, in B2B SaaS, not a ton. And I saw, I, I wasn't able to, to find a job through them, to be honest. Like I, I had a need and that, and that was my immediate need. Paid and free both. I, I just, and maybe it was on me, right? That I didn't lean in hard enough. I, I, I'm open to that. But bottom line, I, I didn't feel like my needs were met. So I created a little group on LinkedIn and I started leaning into LinkedIn and, and, and putting out content every day to be seen, right? Hopefully to have somebody see me and realize that I was hustling even without a job. I was looking right. for uh, an early stage leadership job. And I threw a couple groups and a couple groups, a couple people that I had been seeing their content on LinkedIn that were also in sales into a DM chat. And there was like four of us, we called ourselves the four musketeers. And I'm like, okay, let's add some more people, like people that are a vibe to, to amplify our content and build out our network. And initially Galen and myself, the original co-founder of Rev Genius were like, what, what gap is there? Oh, there's so many people sending so much emails every day about so many events. There should be a centralized space for that. You know, pretty simple. Yeah. What does that look like? Maybe Eventbrite for for sales and marketing. And we thought that was the idea. So we, we got a Google Sheet and we put all the events there, and and we started building this group out and circulating this Google Sheet. And 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 also now I'm building out my LinkedIn off this group. So there's like a couple dynamics happening, and and I realize a couple things. Like every every Sunday we have a Google Sheet of all like what we thought were the the best events in sales and marketing. And I, I'm pretty sure nobody looked at that sheet. It was one of the things that that happened. And and everybody really liked one another in that group. Liked because the engagement was through the roof to the point if you had the LinkedIn app on your phone, it would like automatically shut off every day, at least once to three times a day. And people are getting annoyed. And I'm like, okay, I think we have a community here. Let me look at the space real quickly and, and and make sure that there's a need. It feels like there's a need, but let me let me do a little recon. Okay, there was a, a community that was paid and senior senior leaders only at the time. I'm like, okay, that that exists. Whether it's good or not, it exists. There was free senior leaders only via email at the time. I'm like, okay, senior leaders. But you didn't have to pay. God, this it. was like an email newsletter or a distribution yeah, list yeah. or something. Like, and, and, yeah, and it was like off uh, a Google community. It still exists. Okay. There was a content site that was just all sales. I'm like, cool, that exists. There was there was something like that was an app that we didn't really know what it was. Still, still don't. And I'm like, is there really no space or community for everybody? And I said, this is. This is needed for reasons past the fact that it doesn't exist, right? And and for free. At the time, we're talking three, four years ago, even more so, the senior leadership was exclusive to people that looked like me with short hair, right? Like Mm -hmm. maybe with long hair too. And I, I mean like white males. And I'm like, you know, the irony of having these senior groups that are only senior leaders that are paid is that it compounds what's already happening, right? Like it just creates a private club and sure, yes, some companies are doing better for women and, and people of color, et cetera. And, and, and they're coming in too, but I'm like, huh, how are we going to um, solve this problem if, if we're building communities that are exclusive? 
I, I said, I think we need a community that's inclusive. Um, that's no dollar amount. It's as inclusive as possible so that individual contributors can see the pathway to be senior leaders and be in the same Slack group and attend the same events and not have to pay for anything. And then, so that's how Rev Genius was born. It was a hypothesis that this didn't exist. It was like the simplest thing. And, and I just asked 300 people a day to join and 30 of them to 50 would say yes. And if you do the math, it's a thousand people a month. And uh, people would tell others, and there was this vibe and this energy that that went with this inclusivity, and it was like the spot everyone had to go. And um, whether it was an official movement or not, it felt like a movement, right? Like, it, so, was there something that had changed in the sales profession where a community wasn't really on the radar or needed, and and now all of a sudden there was some sort of kind of gap that opened up where? a community could kind of address something that wasn't being fulfilled in this space? So COVID fast forwarded a lot of stuff, right? In COVID, there is a feeling of isolation for a lot of folks. So was this needed if COVID didn't happen? Probably, but I do think it was fast forwarded because of COVID. Streaming was fast forwarded because of COVID. Like a lot, a lot of things were. So people are at home all the time a good percentage of people without jobs and they needed a space to belong. And in this time, especially it felt like a hotbed for, for this to, to work out for sure. And, and, you know, I want to point out some other things that, that happened simultaneously in the space. Um, LinkedIn in particular became not just a place for people to go and prospect, but a place where people to go and post. LinkedIn is a social network. It's also inclusive, right? So if you're an entry-level person, you could post. And if you were getting the impressions and the traction because your posts were resonating across whatever group of people, you were being seen. So, you know, everybody has an opportunity to be seen now, whereas before, LinkedIn was like a resume posting spot, a spot where you went when you were looking for a job more. And, and, and this magic happened probably around four years ago, if you think about it, give or take, right? Like when Justin Welsh first launched his first course and stuff, because he, he realized it a little early. And then, so, so maybe four to five years ago, um, the market was open for, for everybody being seen. And I think that's an important commonality because- LinkedIn was the primary driver for our community if we were to pick one channel. So I I, I can't say that I, I I can't talk about this without showing the full environment, like fully. And can you fast forward us to what is Rev Genius now? What ended up what 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 is the final result as a business yeah. and as a as a windfall of where you're at with all of it? So Rev Genius is a community of over 40,000 go-to-market professionals. Our mi- our mission is to build trusted spaces for curious revenue professionals who are collaborating on the future of B2B go-to-market. We have sales, marketing, RevOps, and customer success and infusing them all together. So like what, what evolved from, cause, cause I kind of was like inferring that sales was the starting point and, and I might've mentioned marketing as well, but RevOps and CS coming along, 
I realized it, it was more than just space where people could be heard and seen and 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 go through, you know, the inclusivity, but it was also a space that now we could coll- collaborate on what the future of the space looks like, because we have new roles coming into play, revenue operations. Surprise, it became a thing roughly around four years ago too. Customer success was probably a thing a little before Gainsight and created that category of customer success, right? But they were still kind of the outliers in the revenue org. It was like sales and marketing. So not just everybody, every level to be seen in sales and marketing, but also bring these other two roles together. And on one hand, it looks, oh, wow, it's not hyper niche. But how I looked at it is revenue was niche enough, and it was important to have everybody in the room because the space was evolving, right? Like were SDRs reporting to sales or were they reporting to marketing now? RevOps is coming in or people reporting to them from other orgs. So without having these four roles in the same space, I believe we were limiting the ability to create the future of the space because things were like going back and forth, if if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess the, the direct question is how does it make money right now? Yeah. So sponsorships is the revenue stream. Okay. So audience, it's an audience play. Sponsorship is a revenue stream. I assume events as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so events are a prime thing that people sponsor digital yeah. events mostly, but also dinners. Got it. Well, I, I think what's interesting there is you you didn't have a vague hand wavy problem. You, you you kind of did it first, but you started to refine that problem by degrees, and you identified some specifics a- aspects of it, like the nature of like sales and revenue professionals needing to be in- inclusive, like an inclusive space needed to be to to happen. In other words, and you talked about like the number of professions that compromised a revenue function. Now that being changed, and I think what, not to put words in your mouth, but tell me if I'm off track here. You, you like you could have built another paid community, right? And kind of followed in that model, which had been proven, and there were examples of how that could work. But that didn't really, that wouldn't really help you address the problem and the perspective you had on on that situation, on this new situation that evolved. And so, if I were to put category design words in your mouth, you were not just designing like a message or an idea, but you were designing really the company. In itself in response to these changes in context and this new type of approach to a community. Exactly. And I believe uh, that there was a much higher ceiling from being able to impact the full space if we let everybody in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's interesting, Jerry, when I met you, I didn't know that you had you were someone who had category design on the radar, who was using it as a lens. I just knew you as the guy who started Rev Genius, and I thought that was pretty cool. And I wanted to meet you and you know get to learn more about you. And then you told me one day you said, "Hey, I'm actually using this discipline to help me think through where I want to take things from here and some new ideas you were you were thinking about." So why don't you unpack that for us? I'd love to hear that that journey and and that story from you. Oh man, I it, it all started when somebody another founder gave me access to their Audible, and in their Audible I found the book Play Bigger. <laughs> that was, and I said I got to read this book and and or or listen to it, and I listened to it twice, and and it was very inspirational, uh, but also very 
difficult to just take on my own and create something. Like at the time I'm like, okay, what are we, I, I, I remember, what are we, what are we building? And I'm like, revenue empowerment. What, what is that? <laughs> is that just a name? What problem does that solve? So realized quickly, it was more than just naming. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a phenomenal mentor in this space who has helped guide me to my thought process and, and, and I'm still learning and figuring it out. So you gotta, my, you gotta call, call her out, give her some credit. She's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Carthy of GTM partners is phenomenal. She has really challenged my thinking and encouraged uh, my thinking at the same time. And, and it's been like, she, she's a teacher, a mentor, there's so many people in this GTM world that are very successful, that have accomplished a lot, but whose thinking is still in the same box, you know, rinse and repeat. And, and, and there's value to that for sure. But to create something new, you need to have um, alignment or education and conversation and learning from folks that have walked that walk before and have learned that and stuff. And it's a whole different skill set. And so we've been talking through what's the problem? Like why isn't community? Well, first off, community isn't necessarily a category to begin with, but why isn't that the solution? What's what problem is there? And then, and then how can we evangelize it? So we we there there's a lot of problems but one in particular that that came about and my keynote last week or two weeks ago i don't even know what day it is anymore at refcon conference season's a blur was that communities are replaceable and that really started crystallizing why a category is needed i and and i posted right away my first slide was the MarTech landscape, there's 10,000 companies, I think 11,000 in MarTech. And this isn't even RevTech fully, right? There's 11. This is just and, MarTech, right? It's, this is just MarTech. And you can't see any of the companies on this piece of paper. And you know this landscape, uh, Scott Marker or Brinker. Yeah, it used to be the MarTech 1000, and then he had to update the number. It's 11,000. And, and you could barely see, okay, you could see the categories but you can't see the companies. And I think it's like super, super telling and it's a good analogy for what's going on. Like every one of these companies has a community or wants to have a community or, or right, wants to, right? Like whether they started or not. So like, why why are you going to join them? And, and, and even if you do it, what is, like, why are you going to stay? And just thinking through, I, I asked the audience, two big questions. One, how many of you are in zero, one, or more than one community? And as you'd expect, we're at 90% in more than one. And two, why do you, why, why haven't you found the right place? Or like, why do you join new communities? Because you haven't found your tribe. Is it because you're not getting value? The number one answer was FOMO. (laughs) There's nothing more. and, And people like, really top level people are writing FOMO, like 45, almost 50% of the people said FOMO. And then I realized I'm in 54 communities. Why? Some for tactical needs, right? Like maybe I want to 
join like a hundred percent content community when I'm hiring my head of content, some for market research. I want to see what people are talking about some for FOMO and market research combined. And out of 54 communities, I'm active in three and and I'm admitting I'm active in three. I'm probably active in two, one being mine, (laughs) one being like something where there's tech, like a close friend and stuff. And then the third I'm paying for it's Reforge. I freaking love it. And I'm not the only one. Then let's take a step back. We're using iPhones every day. We're using Netflix or a streaming service or, or something like that every day. Why, why, why are we doing that every day? And, and there's no B2B communities that we could say are like as sticky. And I pose that question and I'm like, well, let, let's think about it. There's a couple conferences that are pretty sticky, like Inbound, Dreamforce. Why do we come every year to them? And people were saying, because to get business, because I have to. And I'm like, I'm like, there's more reasons than that. But yeah, cool. And then why isn't there like really a community for everybody around them that people come every every day to? Even still, but but that's the closest. And and you know, we we're going on that journey. And I'm like, what what we're trying to build that rev genius. And I I, I want to figure out how to build a, an irreplaceable community. And the original purpose and the values. And I just submitted it, you know, guiding right into this conversation that I know the problem <laughs> and I'm, and I'm figuring out that solution, which is, you know, brings us to this wonderful conversation we're having today. And the next 12 months, I've, I've launched a newsletter called the community ready for that name to change. Whenever I figure out the new, <laughs> what it is, right. The warming folks up and, and, as I'm thinking through this, I'm, I actually took a step back and said, well, hold on, HubSpot, and after after the conference and after my keynote, I said, HubSpot and Salesforce actually do have a community or or have something, have evangelists, have um, influencers, have, have all these people leaning in regularly. They, they might not be who I'm thinking about, but they do have these people. And and why do they have them like that are coming every day? And and and. Carthy and myself came up with a list of five or six. It's 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 in motion reasons why. One, um, in HubSpot, their evangelists are actually their agencies. Okay. There's their almost agencies. like a user group type. There's like a there's a financial ecosystem that exists in both of those communities, right? Salesforce and HubSpot. Financial ecosystem. You hit the nail on the head. They're making money. So the, the first two reasons, making money as a rev share of of reselling HubSpot or Salesforce. I, I don't know if Salesforce has it, but HubSpot definitely does. Two, a business model in line where they make money by implementing this service. Mm-hmm. We added three. Okay, so so that's for those two cases. But what if that community helped you with your business model that's not aligned? Probably it would work. Again, we're in motion. Number four, what about intrinsic benefits is that is that even the right word social impact mm-hmm. uh nike is wonderful at that right like in b2c like kills it social impact helping you get a promotion helping you hit your goals and stuff like that like number four number five and let me let me look at my text as i come up i'm like texting her and she's like writing hearts <laughs> so i know i'm on to something 
I don't know if she wrote hearts on the most recent. You're one. not allowed to phone a friend when you're on a live podcast. We didn't tell you that. It's against Hold the friend rules. No, I'm not phoning her. Oh, and then and then six social status. So you know, initially when I was thinking about how do we create this indispensable thing, like most people, I said, okay, number one reason why people leave is FOMO. How do we create a FOMO event with some regular cadence? Hmm. Which I do think will work to an extent, but I don't think that's the solution we're looking for. I think that's, I think that's the tactical bandaid that a lot of people in the space put on it. And I do think it will work to some degree for some period of time. Yeah. It's not going to work forever. Jared, you know what I'm what I'm hearing from what you're saying, which reminds me a lot of the conversation we had after the the category design advisors dinner that we attended in New York and hung around in an elevator lobby for yeah. like 45 minutes awkwardly, <laughs> is in all five of those things, yep. you're solving some sort of problem, which is yep. which is what I heard originally from you when we had that conversation was you know, community isn't the category. Community is a vehicle for something, and category design is the way to make that vehicle sticky. And I and and that to me is what what really sticks out to me. Because when when you first said that there are no B two B communities that are really working, <clears throat> I'm assuming that you're saying there's no B so- explicit software community out there that is really sticky and people won't replace. But I've been part of peak community now for three years, and it's been really, really hard to leave because Sangram did a couple of things around that that I think are somewhat category design related, but very, very much solving a problem related, right? Like that community is there so that you can get a promotion as a marketer and you can interact with CMOs and future CMOs and all this different type of stuff. And I see that across the ecosystem, right? Like I, I, I see this idea that if, if you can showcase somebody that this thing solves a problem for you and you layer on the stickiness of, and by the way, your best friend comes to this thing every single day. Now you're, now you're cooking with something, right? Like you're talking about Nike with a run club, right? Nike stands for social equity and all these things. Plus it's a habit forming community building activity that you kind of do together. Right. So like that, that to me is the part that most attracts me to I came in kind of like you, interested in community, found category design, and realized that, oh, okay, wait a minute. Community is only one part of this ecosystem. Category design is another big ecosystem. Another thing that you just mentioned is the requirement of evangelists is another thing that I have found, right? Like it's it generally starts with one person. If it's if it starts small scale, it starts with one person really evangelizing a problem that starts to gather a couple of people. And then that has the chance to then create a handful of evangelists that can go create a bunch of people. And then that inner circle cool club generally stays the same for a while, as long as the category is clear, as long as the problem that you're solving and the mission that you're on and the rules that you play by, and you see the same gap in the world and the same opportunity stays clear. What do you think about that? I think passion is the secret sauce for for movement creation, community creation, all of this. Yeah. And and passion is evangelism. Yeah. One it, 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 it's well, yeah. It, evangelists it, have passion. Evangelists it, need to have passion in order to be yeah, good yeah, evangelists. Passion. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I th- I think what you're you guys are trying to get at is like 
typically new categories represent new ways of thinking, right? New ideas, if we want to be more broad about it. And community, I, I would, the, as an aside, I, I was talking with, um, sharing some ideas with Josh Lohman on LinkedIn today, a really smart category designer. And he reminded me, there's no like laws, there's principles. There's always exception to every rules, right? So we see patterns, but it's always things that break that that pattern. But what I'm getting at is when, for new ideas to gain traction, that idea of a community or people who are, sh- who are sharing that idea can help evangelize it and build on the idea. That's like a catalyst. It's a, uh, accelerates a whole process. So could you have a category without a community? Probably. Will your category grow a lot faster and be a lot stickier with the community? Probably. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's it's been cool to see you guys. I know you both are very passionate about communities, even, even more so than me. So it's been cool to see your thinking evolve on this and like how that connection to, to category comes back. Man, I, I had to really decouple from community with categories. I remember at one point I put up a post saying, is it even possible to have a category without a community? And people are like, yeah, five-hour energy does not have a community, bro. So, <laughs> but is so it possible to create a movement without a community? I don't know. Is it possible to create a mute movement without a category? Was that your that's question? The, that's the question. Without a community. Can you create without a community? Without Sorry. Without a community. Yeah. Well, so I, I think inherently movements require people and, and people make a community, right? Yeah. But I, I just don't think the opposite is, I think John's question is not true. I think if you're not clear about a problem that you were solving and you can't align on a narrative, which is, you know, one of the prongs of category design, right? Like one part of the magic triangle, that POV and and what where we're headed and the change that we all agree that we see in the world... I think without that, you you won't have a sustainable movement. Yeah, the, the movement may not be there if you don't have that set of uh, shared values that you can line on. Yeah. I mean, even, so, even look at countries, right? Like we're all American on this call and the Declaration of Independence was essentially a giant POV, right? And that, you know, that unites us. If not, you're just like a geographical area of people that don't really coalesce. and more importantly in my in my evolution of this thing is the the super consumer concept right cuz even even if we're going to use this this idea of the country not everybody's like super subscribed to every ideal of this of the country but there is a super consumer group that 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 abides by all of it and the same with b2b communities that are successful right the same with the peak community everything that we're talking about is to me the key to unlock this this idea of category design, community, and business model, right? Like that that final prong of of profitability when you can when you can start really mining the insights of the people that most are into this problem that you're solving in the way that you're going about it and start building that into how you see your product and how you see the needs of it and keep feeding that beast you know, that's going to then coalesce the community further because it's going to find more people like them. It's going to make them into greater evangelists mm-hmm. um, and create a better windfall. And I heard that in your story to a certain extent, Jared, right? Like the more that you realize that you're feeding that like lack of space of of inclusion to fit in and, and the more that you're platforming people that didn't have this platform because you were getting those insights from the, from the early mm-hmm. participants, the better that your thing did. 
Yeah, and I think you know, in my in my five levels, and, and actually six, I had which I didn't mention was like really close connection to the team that runs the community. I think that that's a big thing. I think it. I think it brought them connection and and, and you know social status early, but be, being a member, you know, thinking about community as well in B two B, people conflate community with Slack groups or Discord groups. And I think that's a place for a community and not a community. I think that's important to understand. I'm watching some of the best community people. One of my good friends, Dan Samija of Apollo, who we all love what he's doing there. They don't have a Slack group and he is crushing it with community. What's part of community for him? Social. But no, no, that's social media. Any part you're dealing with humans. You know, it, it's kind of a point of view, like how you how you talk two ways versus just being an audience, and that could be on owned media, that could be on rented media. Community doesn't just live on owned media. Audience doesn't just live, or and and, and it's and yeah, and then there's the audience where you're talking one way, community both ways, but you could have some community principles there. I th- I think I think it needs to be separated out, right? Let's think about the basics of community. I'm I'm Jewish. I don't go to temple. I'm still fucking Jewish. Pardon my French, right? And I could go to any temple or I don't have to go to any. Outside my apartment the other day in Brooklyn, New York, an orthodox couple asked me if I was Jewish and I said absolutely. And then, and then they said something interesting, which was a part of a of a niche community within Judaism. They said, "Do you put on tefillin?" And I said, "No." So now I'm not a part of their niche community. But but you get it. This is the most deep connection in community, especially with everything going on overseas. You know, and and, and we're not the only community affected there, right? There's others. Yet in B2B, it's a Slack group. The same reason why my people are going into fucking battle, like the most core things we don't realize in B2B because there are no battles. But like, do you, you know what I mean? Like yeah, we, we yeah, should no. use the most potent part of it and not house it like, like I've always said, like religion isn't between four walls. Yeah, that's just it, one example, but I think it's I think it's a deep example, religion in particular, that most oh, yeah. people have experienced or have a point of view on. This is a good lesson for. There's a lot of, like every company I talk to, I shouldn't say every, but many of them have this idea that hey, we want to bring people together around our point of view, around our new way of thinking. We want to create that movement. But I think the lesson is interesting. Like it doesn't, the tactics of what others have done to build a community don't have to be the same for you. So if you're building a category, you're trying to win an emerging category, you don't have to think about the community aspect of it in the way that everyone else does. Can it be a Slack group? Sure. But it could be a dozen other things that just happens to be one tactic. So I'm glad that you brought out that mistake people make of kind of conflating the two because that's something we've been thinking about with category thinkers too like we have a slack group but we do other things that bring people together and what does that balance and what does that mix look like even the genesis of category thinkers john right like john was hosting 
monthly or semi-regular Zoom calls. And I, as a super consumer, was showing up to all of them. And one day when I was the only guy, John's man, I really want to turn this into community. And my question to him was, John, are people that are showing up to these calls, like communicating with each other outside of the Zoom calls? And he's like, yeah, people are definitely connected. I'm like, you the good news is you have one already. <laughs> right. And then the next, and then the next phase was like, okay. So if we already have the the bakings of it, we have people that are interested, we got super consumers interested in solving this kind of problem. Let's go truly define the problem, create a point of view around it, invite other people around that point of view, and then have them opt into what I call the watering hole, which is the platform is what you're saying, right? Like wherever people end up congregating, sure, for us as a Slack channel, for you as a Slack channel too, but that's not exclusive to what the community means. And really the thing that's tying it together is a deep desire to understand category design and deploy it better and implement it into our lives and do these kinds of things. And that's what's leading to people now in our Slack channel saying, hey, who's in who's in New York? Who's in Virginia? Right. Like the 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 IRL side of the community is really looks like there's really some momentum happening inside there for us in the last couple of days because I think it's hit this like tipping point of okay, yeah, we want to go beyond platform to what you're saying, Jared. Yeah. And and I was thinking like I just went I just spoke at a conference this week and was hanging out with a bunch of folks that I knew from Rev Genius and from LinkedIn. Are they active in Rev Genius? A majority of them right now aren't, but we're really close and it's a community. And and do I need to get them active in Rev Genius or rallying around? And they're probably in more than one community as well. Maybe they're in a few and they don't show up in any, but like we're still in this community and, and and is it anybody's right to own these relationships like everybody is trying to have a community around the same people or similar people and they're already just being <laughs> in a community with one another so I, I guess you you need a point of view and to have followers around it but are they still going to get FOMO and leave well I think to your point with FOMO I think FOMO is very unsustainable like I think I think what you're saying is kind of Similar to Play Bigger writing the book on, hey, we looked at the Fortune 500 or the S&P and we saw that the majority of the profit came from category designers. I think we can look at communities and think, hey, we can look at all the communities that are out there and there might be this many people in all of them, but the majority of actual good things that are happening that people are deriving benefit from are coming from the communities that are doing this a certain way, right? Are coming from the communities that aren't built on FOMO, that are built on a point of view, that are built on solving a problem, right. that that do the five things that you said, right? That have the online and offline interaction thing working for them, right? Like those are real communities. And you're right, nobody owns the relationship, but what you can own through category design is the conversation. If you have the right point of view, then you become the bat signal for the conversation around the problem. And that is a sticky scenario, right? That is something that that people gravitate to. You know, shout out to GTM partners for for being one of the bat signals around GTM. They're great. To the point where I announced I was an ambassador today. I saw that. And 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 that play I'm going to put out in my the community newsletter because I think that's phenomenal. But because of social status, mm-hmm. right? And also because they've helped me quite a bit. Um, 
some tangible, some intangible. My mentor is part of them, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so that's big, you know, thinking back to all of that and belonging. And as I create this newsletter, the community, like what, what's the gap there? I'm, I'm not going to do anything without a gap. Like I've, I've decided, I, I'm sure there's an exception to that, but I, I've decided I'm not going to put any passion behind it. The gap is for that. And, and and that's why this breeding ground's like a little more clear for me than even within Rev Genius. There's there are GTM professionals, there are community professionals. They don't know the other world so much. <laughs> and 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 you know, people that get it, like essentially a community newsletter for not community people is, is what it is for, for people that need to leverage essentially a growth newsletter growth newsletter using community and i put it in quotes because it could morph like this whole idea into for for business growth purposes i want to come back to something we were talking about a few minutes ago sure you the three of us were exploring this connection between a community and a category design play and on one end of that spectrum you know pablo said at a point in time, he thought that there was there was a direct connection, and it always had to be there, right? And then you brought up one of you guys brought up well, five hour energy doesn't have a community, so it's like a possible link, but it's not a not a necessity, right? So we kind of landed on that idea. Let me add one more ingredient to the mix and see how this changes well, your quick, quick question. Just because they haven't facilitated a community, does it mean that community didn't start on its own around it? Sure. Or like culture on its own around it. Sure. I want to throw one more ingredient into the mix and see how, if this changes your all's thinking about the connection between category and community. Mm -hmm. So one thing I've observed talking to a few companies who are going through this process in the wild now is they're actually in the process of introducing a new uh, discipline for a specific type of professionals. So without going into specifics, there's, and this is not even in, B2B SaaS or revenue. These are new ways of for these professionals to approach and and, and do their job. And so the uh, creation of this discipline begets the need for a new kind of solution to help people practice that discipline. So an older example would be customer success, right? That was a discipline and then there was software to help sure. enable that discipline. Yeah. So the the ingredient that I want to add is that idea of a discipline. So if the category represents a new discipline that people need to understand. Mm -hmm. I think the presence of that discipline, this is my hypothesis, is that the presence of that discipline really gives rise to the need for a community because people want to mm -hmm. learn how others are doing it. They want to learn from each other, bounce ideas off of each other. And I, I that's probably not the only condition where a, a category and a community have a real need to come together, but I think it's it's one of them. And I'm curious to hear you know, your all's thoughts on that. Oh, that, that goes through my head, like with the, the, the name that's in my head for this category, the head of this, why that's better, more succinct and, and more impactful than head of community and, and, and more aligned and unified with the company's vision and easier to execute. I see that as a powerful lever, John, right? Like I, I see the kind of like how category design did it, right? If you can frame and name a, and claim a problem and then language a role around it, 
then it makes it back to Jared's point, community is a status game, right? Like it really is a an award of status, an, a, a recognition game, and the way that you can lay out the path from, I talk about this all the time. I'm a I'm a Miami guy. I grew up in in the 90s in Miami. I was like Johnny South Beach promoter when I was like 16 years old. So like it goes back to very formative memories of there's a clear hierarchy between person standing outside the velvet rope to person standing inside the club to person standing outside the VIP room to person inside the VIP room to person inside the DJ booth to guest DJ. Right. And and when you think about it that way, and you think about your community that way, this idea that you can ascend up through the ranks at the stage that you want, right? It's kind of like a, it's a play of reducing friction and ability to do this, but to get people to move it, you got to give them a what's in it for you and often that status. So if you can mm-hmm. get to the point where you are coining a discipline and creating a C-suite around that discipline, that's the ultimate kind of like status, what's in it mm-hmm. for you economically. It, it deals with growth as well, back to Jared's point. And I think that's a that's a well-orchestrated situation, but not the not the only one that needs to exist. Shout out to Owned Media, who now has a whole pathway to the top. And I saw it happening and and we were looking for a head of content and to support it. I hired a head of Owned Media. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be I want to be a first mover on that because I support the cause and Audience Plus is is carrying that flag. Anthony Canada is wonderful. With, with a track record of category creation back from customer success. Customer success was a discipline. Inbound that. Yeah. can be argued that was a discipline, a new way of doing marketing. You see some communities around, well, you got RevGenius, but even more specifically in RevOps, you see that being a discipline that's evolving and changing every day. So the community is forming around that. Category design is a discipline that's evolving. People need to learn from each other. We're seeing that. Yeah. And you go all the way to the other end of the spectrum. You talked about religion. You know, that's people have to. The high priest. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you don't practice. You, you want to like understand what's from others and learn from others. And like, there's just, just a sense of doing that together and belonging that needs to exist. So discipline is probably a crude word for religion, but I think this, the spirit is there. It's like something that you're learning about and actively putting into practice and being around other people helps you accelerate that. You know, if we, just to put a button on the religion topic, Jared, I think it's really fascinating that you brought that up, man, because my big aha around community came from religion as well, right? Like it was, I was at my brother's funeral, 1200 people mm-hmm. showed up and and it immediately hit me that the value of community transcends whatever I thought about the Catholic church when I thought about the last two years of my brother fighting through cancer and the value all these mm-hmm. people brought to me and how they're doing all this stuff. But even after that, it still took me like seven years before I even got to category design and trying to explain the value of community to people without a categorical lens, without a category lens, without wrapping it around the problem was my biggest problem in selling community when I was when I was first trying to present this as a as a use case, as a solution for anything, which is why it brings me back to this idea of you know, it, it works in concert. Like they don't, they don't compete, right? Like I've, I've had this, I think I'm going to go on a podcast because some guy was out there talking about like community versus category design. And they were talking about how community is so much more viable. I'm like, no, dude, you're not, you're not thinking about this, right? Like it doesn't compete. 
one works with the other. They are two separate things. And yeah, community is also a discipline too, right? There is the role of chief community officer and community manager. There's also the role of category designer. To me, it's when they are used in concert, are they the most powerful? Whether it's it to bring together a community or to get a category to tip and how you leverage a community is 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 really where the magic sauce is. So is the same community that supports a new category and a movement created, is that the same as a community standing alone as a business? I know there's similar aspects to it, but is it the same? I don't think a community standing alone as a business is necessarily a category. Like sure. correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, but I infer in our conversations that you built a very strong community that was a great business, but I don't get the sense that you see it as a category. You think your next thing is a category, right? Yeah, and I also think the way I evolve this community, Rev Genius, could be a category too. Mm-hmm. But yes. True. But yes, I, I some of the most thought provoking and intellect creating challenges I've had. And it and and it's phenomenal. Yeah. I, I so one kind of takeaway I have just from looking back at this conversation is I think as you explore things, you 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 think that they're simpler than they are. And then as you learn more and more, you realize there's more to it. Oh and gosh. so I want to let me connect these things together for us. So the so we'll start with category design, well then we'll do community. Mm-hmm. At least for me, when I started learning about category design, I had this very very na- narrow and like somewhat dogmatic definition of what, what it was. And as I learned more and as I started to put it into practice, my definition broadened and became more nuanced. And I realized that category design can refer to you know a few different strategies, a few different plays. It looks different in different contexts. And, and essentially what I'm getting at is the more I knew, the more I realized I didn't know, right? And I think community is the same way. We've been using the word community to represent a lot of different things in this conversation. We've been using community to talk about religions. We've been using community to talk about user groups. We've been using communities to talk about Slack groups and a bunch of other things in between. So one thing that you know, I would encourage the three of us to talk about more and anyone listening is to think about like, how do you really define community? Is there like a, a hierarchy yeah. or a taxonomy of community we could explore? And then how does that relate to different category design scenarios? There's kind of a a many-to-many relationship there that one could probably map out if they really wanted to nerd out on it and look at all the different possible connections. So that's a big aha for me is, is there a community, is there a connection between community and category? Yes. Is it a binary, like simplistic relationship? No, it can look a lot of different ways. And I think it's, if you're a category designer or a community builder or both, it's on you to really explore that and understand kind of what that connection might look like for your situation. Drop the mic, bro. That was awesome. I think we're good here. (laughs) Jared, is there anybody listening to this that wants to reach out to you, man? What's the best way to connect with you? LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash rev genius. Sign up to my newsletter. If you reply to it, I will reply from my email. That's uh, just jaredrobin.com or jaredrobin.com forward slash subscribe. Hit me up. I love what you're doing in the newsletter, man. I'm 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 devouring it, man. I love seeing your thinking. Is it good? Thinking. You like it? Yeah, it's good, man. It's good. <laughs> I like seeing your thinking probe and evolve and and move around there, right? So I I just like just like with anything, it's 
It's what is the stuff that you don't know you don't know that becomes apparent when you surround yourself with people that are also pursuing the same problem, also trying to solve the same thing. And I see you as a very much an ally in the space of community and category design that are the two things that I most care about. So I love reading your stuff, man. Well, Pablo, I'm glad to hear you give in uh, Jared's newsletter six out of five stars. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm not a very enthusiastic guy in general. So, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> you need to be more energetic like me. You know, I'm just, people tell me I'm way too over the top. I need to chill out. So I'm working on that. <laughs> awesome, man. Anything nope. else? Anything else, guys? Anything else we want to hit on? I love what you all are building and, and I can't thank you enough for, for furthering the conversation and giving me education on this. Shouting out to Carthy, who's building on the category design category with impact-driven category design and challenging that if it doesn't have impact, <laughs> right? Is it really category design? Yeah, we. I was. I actually talked with her. It was like yesterday, the day before, and she was. We were talking about Facebook, <laughs> and she brought this up. She's like, "Hey, new category, sure, but." positive or negative implications for society, you know, and she's like me, she's kind of falling on the, the side of negative. And her point was really interesting. She said, if you're not at the beginning thinking about the impact, like beyond like the, your balance sheet or your profit and loss statement, the societal impact, if you're not thinking about that, then you are, I'm going to put words in her mouth, but you're kind of like not doing your job as a conscious category designer. You need to have that on your radar. Conscious. Yeah. So we need to have her on the podcast, Pablo. For sure. And we need to start a conscious category design uh, channel in our category thinkers group. Because I think that that's a, that is its own little category, right? Or a big category. Because I think there is definitely going to be a crossover of those of us that care deeply about social causes and how to use this stuff. I think it's going to be a growing thing as I'm going to stop short of talking about AI taking over the world. But I think it's, it's, the, it's the biggest thing not focused on enough in B2B. Mm -hmm. Social impact. The best companies are doing it. Unfortunately, not enough are. AI taking over the world. The future of AI is community. And I'm I'm actually serious about that. As the cost of technology drops, more people come in to create more things. Hmm. So that's episode two. We'll have that conversation. AI is the future of community. Community is the future of AI. The other way around. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll share with you the Stack Overflow article. It's okay. great. Yeah, please do. Cool. Bet. All right. Thank you all. You you all are amazing. I really appreciate your time. Man, you you're too, amazing, man. Jared. Thank you for being hey. here, man. Thanks for all you're doing. There you go. Another conversation designed to help you think like a category designer. Please support our sponsors, CategoryDesignAdvisors.com and BeTheStage.Live because they're the ones footing the bill for this thing so you can enjoy it. But more than anything, we'd love to hear from you, uh, whether it's in our community or if you could leave us a review for this podcast if you're enjoying this thing, subscribe to it, hit five stars, let us know what you think. We could really, really use that. And don't forget, stop just listening to this thing. Join the conversation by going to CategoryThinkers.com, joining the free Slack community, and come meet the other 500 plus category designers just like you. See you in there.